0: Hi, I'm Troy Richards. And I'm Daniel Mawson. Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri. And Daniel's our worship pastor. Our church is reading through the Bible in a year. And on this podcast, we examine highlights from this week's reading. We talk about the passages devotionally and try to answer questions people have shared with us. Our hope is that you'll discover how amazing God's Word is and how enjoyable it is to read for yourself, which is the key to understanding Jesus.
1: Hello and welcome to the Understanding Jesus Podcast. My name is Daniel. I'm here with Pastor Troy Hey, and Director Josh. <gasps>
2: Director Josh.
1: Director wow. Josh. Wow. Yeah, he's new. So. Wow. Um, he I'm is. not
2: new, but
0: that's
1: oh, new. The yeah, name was, is new. The title's new. new. That's right. So, a, Josh has a title. We're going to spend some time in the Bible today, if that's alright with the listeners. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why else you're what here. we normally do. I don't know. <laughs> <right>. now, how <laughs> else do we understand Jesus? I mean, yeah. really. yo.
0: So, oh, well, this has been I, I tell you this is in 2nd Samuel where we are is it, the life of we are getting to the the heart of David as king, and uh, and and in fact they go all the way to where David is almost removed as king, and so uh, it's really a uh, an up and down kind of deal, and, uh, and so it's it's really it is it is better than most soap operas. Well, it's it's it is a soap opera fair. Of, of sorts, yeah. It's it's a it's a lot of drama. If you like reading the Bible and getting drama, then Second Samuel at your place is filled with yeah. it exactly yeah and, uh, and then we get to the Psalms, some really amazing things in the Psalms and Proverbs, great wisdom, obviously. Uh, we just stay in, Psalm, in Proverbs 16 the entire time uh, for this uh, for the week of reading. And then in the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you not be amazed with the things that are happening uh, throughout the Gospel of John as uh, Jesus is feeding the 5,000. He declares himself to be the bread of life. Uh, he uh, he does some There's some hard sayings. Uh, and then uh, we have... Uh, it revealed that his brothers uh, don't believe in him and um, and so it's just a a lot of but he identifies himself as the Messiah so that's that's kind of a, a telling thing but uh, lots of things for us to cover today uh, yeah, there's no there's no easy there's no places where I fall asleep in the Gospel of John if that makes sense. Every time I do reading in the Gospel of John, there's some there's so much to get from it. in fact, it's probably. Uh, when you really begin to read it through, one of the most difficult Gospels to understand mm. uh, because it doesn't follow the storyline like the Synoptics do, and and so you get and, and some really hard teachings uh, that Jesus gives us. But uh, but meaty, meaty, yeah, something me. to sink your teeth into. So anyway, we're gonna get into what uh, what we felt like we got out of the reading as when we come back.
1: Welcome back. We are here to talk about what we learned from the Bible in the reading. Um, I'm going to start us off in Second Samuel. So Ooh. if you have your Bibles, turn with me. <laughs> <laughs> Unless me. you're driving, don't, don't, yeah. don't do that. Just take his word for it. Just take my, oh, the word for it. <laughs> take the, oh, take the word for it. What are you going to do? All right. I'm just going to read um, a quick section. Second Samuel six fourteen to 23. Um, And it uh, goes like this. David was dancing with all his might before the Lord. So, okay, backstory. Maybe I should start a little preface. Um, David is bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, right? Very exciting time. Every six steps that the priest would take with the Ark, he would sacrifice an animal. And it was just a huge worship event going through the streets. You can imagine, if you've seen... uh, Aladdin, the animated movie, when Aladdin enters, and it's like the Prince Ali song. That's how I'm picturing this, right? Huge. I was Aladdin, and I, I did that song. You, you were. All right. <laughs> for you, man. Fun fact.
2: Good, good stuff. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's, David. That, it's that
1: amount of hype coming in with the Ark of the Covenant. And David is... Um, celebrating and it says David was dancing with all his might before the Lord wearing a linen ephod we'll get back to that he and his whole house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts the sound of the ram's horn the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David Saul's daughter Michal looked down from the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord and she despised him in her heart they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent David had set up for it David offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings in the Lord's presence. And it goes on and on and on. Um, David, David, uh, it says David distributed a loaf of bread, a date cake, and a raisin cake to each one of the entire Israelite community. Talk about a stimulus package, oh right? Goodness. That was awesome. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> um, and then um, his, so, Michal's up in the, her little ivory tower, looking down at David dancing around with basically no clothes on. Right, a linen ephod is not a lot of clothing, and it's basically see-through. So, um, so she looks down and she she hates what he's doing. And and I got to be honest, my wife wouldn't be super pleased if I did something similar to that. Um, but um, David comes up uh, from celebrating the arrival of the Ark of the Lord, and she is real sarcastic with him, kind of snooty, and just says, you know, you you behave like an idiot today. And David says, um, let me see if I, if I can find it. He said, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me over your father and his this his whole family, elbow, elbow, to appoint me ruler of the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord and I will humble myself even more and humiliate myself. Mm. Uh, and uh, so what I wrote down is, um, I, I don't think we understand worship how to worship how we ought to worship right Mm. um no matter the tradition southern baptists are notoriously bad at the physicality of worship all right but no matter your tradition like we don't understand the physicality of worship we don't know how to do it how we should um david the master worshiper the guy who set the template for worship songs i think he understood it and so often we're more like me content to watch and barely participate and occasionally maybe silently judge others worship because we noticed it you ever noticed mm-hmm. the the big oh, complaint yeah. with uh with you know expressive physical right. worship with people right. is that oh they're just doing it to be showy they're doing right. it to bring attention to themselves and this was me almost exact words like oh you distinguished yourself from around other people yeah. right. that's your motive um but um so we we do that we we share that spirit we we condemn physical worship because we basically because we notice it right, and right. Uh, condemning them for making their adoration of Almighty God too obvious as if heartfelt displays of worship are ever condemned in scripture mm-hmm. like we are we are just so bad at it, and I think that our I think something about our psyche isn't willing to accept that we're bad at worship right you know mm-hmm. we we just assume that because, you know, we believe, and it's important, and it's true, that God accepts our worship on the basis of Christ, right? Like, if if Christ's blood doesn't cover everything that we do, then we are—our worship is— filthy, nasty, gross to God. He doesn't even want to hear it or smell it or whatever whatever it is that God—however God experiences our worship, he doesn't want it if it's not covered with Christ's blood. And it's completely unacceptable to him. But the fact that Christ's blood does cover our worship so often leads us to believe that everything we do is therefore perfect and the best mm-hmm. that we can do. And it's just not the case. Um, we share in Mikal's sin so often, um, in in just watching and barely participating, if at all. And you know what happened to Mikal at the end of the story? She gets struck barren and childless. Yeah. Uh, it's not it's not like David was wrong. God supported David's physicality of worship and his excitement. And so this this drives me to be better. Um it's weird to say to be better at worshiping, but I think there is a, a spectrum in worship that we especially Baptists, but any any tradition can improve. On how they worship God physically, and and it's something that that I am I have to teach myself before I teach other people. You know, it's one of those take right. the plank out of your eye, mm-hmm. Daniel Daniel do it better before you instruct the church to do it better. So it's something that we can all learn to do. Yeah, uh, I think there is a, a lack of
0: humility in in our worship, and I'm always struck by how um, I I know that for myself when I come to worship. There's that self-awareness of how are people perceiving what mm-hmm, I'm doing mm-hmm. is always it's like this alarms going off it's like uh, if you are concerned about then then I'm going to purposefully ask you to do something right that's, yeah. going to, <laughs> that's going to demonstrate and 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 every time every time it's I have I'm having this discussion with God uh, it's like God's like do you want to win. Do you want to win this argument? Because if you win this argument, then it ends with me not you worshiping right. yourself and, yeah. and not my, not me. Absolutely. And and I think that we, you know asking even asking people and and I always feel like I'm uh, I used to get frustrated. I used to get angry mm. when people wouldn't respond mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a guy uh, I knew years ago who uh, I was it was Valentine's Day, and he his wife had complained us my wife and I both about uh, he never did anything for Valentine's Day so I thought I would help him out and I went and bought him a card uh to give to his wife and I said all you have to do is sign it and I'm and here's you know here's the thing or whatever and so I you know it was kind of like I took him in the back room and said hey I got all this stuff for you it's like the day before Valentine's Day oh, yeah. and so I got all this stuff for you and so here here it is and so forth and so he left that back room he came and threw the card to his wife and said, the preacher wanted me to give that to you. Oh, and, uh, um, <laughs> and I was like, well, that didn't gross. go right. <laughs> the, Yikes. Uh, and, and that is how worship is in so many churches. It's like, all right, here's what I'm supposed to do. Mm. And I hope you're happy because uh, here it is. Yeah, and yeah. I'm singing, but I'm not really liking the singing. And I'm doing, okay, do I need to raise a hand? I'm not raise a hand. Right. And, and we're always looking for a reason not to do something. Uh, and uh, and it is really uh, a telling thing that we really are horrible at worship, yeah, the, because we we because we're afraid of losing control.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, and I, and I'm not that we're supposed to lose control, but uh, and, and be chaotic, but but we are always looking for a way to save our own pride mm-hmm. and and preserve that, and and we can sense that. What I was getting at a while ago, is I said, I used to get angry at people over that. And I remember getting angry at him for, yeah, obviously, I went to the terminal to get him the card, and, <laughs> and he blew it. Uh, but I realized that, that that's where he was. And that it wasn't just a matter of me doing it for him; that he himself had to get to a place in a relationship where he wanted to show mm-hmm. his wife that attention and so forth. So you can't manufacture it, you can't force it, you can't make people do it. Mm. Uh, it's just, uh, but so it's more when we see people not responding the way they need to respond, it's more just realizing, it's just saying, well, here's where they are, yeah, and and so and hopefully move them move them further. Um, by setting their chairs on fire.
1: Yeah, oh hey, hey. If the holy spirit's going <laughs> to do it, we're just taking chairs out.
0: All of them. Oh, gone. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and the floors, and the ceiling. But I think
0: you know, in our in our worship, it's in our worship service, we have that time at the, where we ask people to humble themselves and come to the mm-hmm. altar and so forth. And and I I think it's just a, that's a simple step. It's not yeah. where I want to. I don't think there's the end. It's like once we get that, we'll move. Yeah, we've to to we ascended. But that's right. Let's move to another level. Uh, let's see if people raise their hands mm-hmm. and uh, that kind of crazy thing. But the uh but the thing is is that uh I do think that worship in private. Uh, is reflected in public. That If yeah, your worship no, in public absolutely. is not reflecting is not reflective of how you worship in private, then it is for show. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's not authentic. But, uh, but I think that we should change the way we worship in private. I think we need mm-hmm. to be more outspoken yeah. in our worship of God. But, uh, but there is that opportunity at that altar call to say, hey, I want to humble myself before the Lord. And the fact that you're standing there thinking, I don't want to go up there I don't want to go in front of people yeah. and show that I have a need, or I, I, and I have people actually say this: they say, "I'm afraid if I go up front, that people think something's wrong with me." And it's like, <laughs> you know what? We know something's wrong with you right. already, right. even if you don't come up. But yeah, you will affirm that when you get there that something is wrong with you. Uh, but it's the fact that you think there's not something wrong with you means there's something wrong with you. Mm, yeah. and uh, and I, I I I don't know how to we you know I. I I I wish I, I don't know how to say this. I wish that we were more like David. Uh, you yeah. know, but uh, but thanks for sharing that. I I I don't know that he was naked, but anyway, but he did, he did have the ephod on.
1: Right. Right, he
0: did have an ephod. In my, in my in my picture of David he's not naked.
1: Oh. No. Oh, no, that's like a huge like yeah. plot point in yeah. the in like the worship community. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. It really yeah, oh, cool. for sure. Cool.
2: Well, I'm Top in John. That. Top <laughs> that, Josh. <laughs> oh, uh, God might. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, so I'm in John um, this entire podcast today. All the questions I have are from John and my devotions are from John. Um, I think John 5 is a hidden gem within all of – um, within all of John. It's hmm. right after John 4 where there's this massive, incredible, incredibly well-known story of the woman at the well. And then um, right after John 4 is John 6 where he feeds the 5,000. He says he's the bread of life. and um, Not that those things are bad, I don't want to say that, but there's a hidden gem right between them that I've just never heard really talked about. Um, and I've never really read for myself um, in all of this. And wow, it is just jam-packed of the character of who Jesus is, um, and who God is and what God has called Jesus to do. And it is a very incredible chapter. I've read it probably three or four times just this week because it, I mean, I just kept reading because it was just blowing my mind about who he, who he is, um, and who he was on the earth and how he interacted with people. And so, um, just a little context for what, what's happening here. Um, Jesus goes to Bethsaida, um, and it was this like Sheepgate pool or something like that for them to heal. Uh, it's like a place where they would go. It was uh, almost kind of like a hot spring, I think. Um, and so he heals this man on the Sabbath day. And um, the people are angry because this man got up and walked and was and their minds working on the Sabbath day. And so um, the Jews don't like it. They're persecuting Jesus because it was a Sabbath and whatever. So Jesus goes on to speak to them about who he is. And it is such an awesome passage. Number one, he tells them judgment is coming. And so is eternal life. And you don't have the place to judge. And I do because the father has given it to me. And so um And this is where we're starting at. I'm going to be working backwards, so just bear with me. John 5, verse 30, um, Jesus is speaking. He says, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So we learn here that Jesus has just judgment because he's not thinking for himself. He's thinking for the the will of the Father. Um, And so how, um, how does he, um, how does he judge? Well, let's go up to verse 24. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He who does not come into judgment, um, he does not come into judgment, but has passed away from death to life. So his judgment is saying, Hey, you have to listen to me and believe me uh, and you will have eternal life. Um, and and that's incredible. But if you don't, um, you're not going to pass from death from death to life, but you're going to stay in death. And so why does Jesus get to judge? Well, um, if we look here in verse uh, 27, it says, and he, the father has given him, Jesus, authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. And so we see the father has given Jesus the judgment because Jesus' judgment is just um, and that he's going to judge based on the will of the father and that Jesus is the one who gives life. Um and so he's given them the authority to do so and the authority to give life, which is what um we hear in um verse twenty one. It says for as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. And what an incredible verse just to say that number one, Jesus is the one who gives life because the because God the Father has given him him that authority. We see that in John one one through four, that Jesus is the giver of life, he's the creator of life, he is the life, um he was the light of men and all of this. So he gives life He judges life and no one else can because he is him. And so it's just crazy. This is all coming after Jesus has just healed a man who's been um, what the Bible calls invalid for 38 years on the Sabbath day. And so he says this to the people of of the Jewish people, hey, everlasting life is coming. If you listen to me uh, and and your judgment will be everlasting life. But listen, for those of you who don't, who think that you can judge me or judge this man, um, you don't believe in who I am and everlasting death is coming to you um and it's a crazy just story of jesus saying this is who i am and this is who you are and it's just one of those things that as you're reading you know it's like oh i've you know heard of this before or whatever but it just shined so bright to me this week and seeing his character and his justice and his judgment and his life just right here um and yeah so yeah it's awesome i Mm. was so cool anyway
0: that mm, is awesome. You know, there's no denying the deity of Christ when you are reading the Gospel of John. Absolutely. He not. makes it explicitly clear that he is indeed God. I, yeah. I think that, uh, it, and it's important to remember that because there are, uh, those are things that you're always taught that Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. But to be able to see it uh, spelled out in the word. Yeah. It's like, well, where does it actually say that? Well, John repeatedly yeah. Uh, yeah. gives raises Jesus to the level of. Right. There's no doubt here that mm-hmm. he, uh, in fact, he starts the entire gospel that way. Even
1: yeah. like yeah. in talking to people who don't believe that there's just like one-to-one correlation between Jesus and God, right? Yeah, like that he's just this good guy. So you just look at the feats that he accomplished with which yeah. most lost people would affirm that he did, right? Right, like he he healed lo- lame lame people. He you know did all these things. That by by any definition is yeah. A god yeah. right? among men right. like a secular person would say okay that's a god that can do these things yeah. and then so then it's just like a small leap. it's not even it's like small step to yeah. say okay now he's equal mm-hmm. if you if you believe that then right. you can believe that he's equivalent with right. the father in heaven which they don't have a you know well and they take, have a distinction take
2: um, and it sounds like I'm about to say some heresy, but I'm not. But take Christianity and religion out of it. It's like if this was another person, if this wasn't Jesus, yes. the hot topic like of, of who he is, like then people would be like, oh my gosh, yes, he yes. deserves worship. Because look, he just – well, he's about to feed 5,000 people, and he just – he's incredible. Yeah. People would worship and praise him, but it's because of who he is. Satan's completely blinding them to who he is, and yeah. their sin is blinding them to who he is. And that's – it's – crazy, and that's going to be my next devotion here in a second. Well, so. <laughs> and, he,
0: and he is saying, I have the authority of life mm-hmm. and death, and he's making this claim, and then he demonstrates that claim yeah. by showing he has right. authority over death right. uh, in this gospel. And that's the case that John is making. It's like, he said he could do this, mm-hmm. and then he did and it. He did. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. Like, that's, and that's, that's something that
2: you see throughout the whole Bible. Like, God says something, and then he does exactly what he says, and there's, it's like, we've been going through the story of Israel with the youth, and that is weekly. God says he's going to do this, and he does it. And there's no there's no question about it because that's yeah. just who God is. That's his character. And so the crazy thing is, um, look, we're seeing Jesus do the same thing. Why? Because he is God. Jesus says he's going to do something, and then he does it. And it's like if Jesus said to the man, get up, take your bed, and walk, and that guy did it because Jesus said for him to, and it just happened. Because when Jesus says something, it happens because he's truthful and he's, he's – He's a God. He is God. He is yeah. the God, <laughs> yeah. and that's awesome. Yeah, and I love
0: the question: Is do you want to be made yeah. well? Yeah. You know? right. And and that and that's really how he comes to all of us. It's mm-hmm. like he's like I I know the situation. I see you laying there. Mm-hmm. I see- yeah, and really he's, yeah. he's he's a metaphor for all of us. Jesus comes to us, and we're all just laying right. there, wishing we could be different. And he's like, well, do you want to be different? <laughs> you know? Yeah. right. Because right. if you want to be different, I'll make you different. Mm-hmm. But then. Uh, then you're going to get harassed by these Pharisees over here. (laughs) You you just see
2: his tender heart, right? In verse six, what you're talking about, right before he says, do you want to be healed? It says, when Jesus saw him lying there um, and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? It's like, you see his heart right there. He knows he's been there. This guy's been invalid for 38 years. I'm 21. I can't even imagine that much of life. But it's like, he's been invalid to the people for 38 years. And Jesus comes to him and says, hey, do you want to be healed? And he heals them. And that's... A beautiful story of restoration, and yeah, God's awesome. just awesome. Anyway. It is awesome. <laughs> awesome story. All
0: right. I'm not going to say it won't up Daniel, but I'll say it was good.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I wanted to share from uh, 1 Samuel, or 2 Samuel, <laughs> I'm going to go back to 1 Samuel. <laughs> That's right. That's it was all one book. I can do that. It's was all one book. It was all one book. In, <laughs> in yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, 2 Samuel – Man, there's so many things here. So many things. Where was I? Where I was
2: had to I? write an okay, essay yeah. over this.
0: Second <laughs> um, Samuel 7 is uh-huh. where I wanted to focus on. Uh, when the king had settled into his palace and the Lord had given him rest on every side from all his enemies, the king said to the prophet Nathan, Look, I am living in a cedar house while the ark of God sits inside tent curtains. So Nathan told the king, Go and do all that is on your mind, for the Lord is with you. But that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, go to my servant David and say, this is what the Lord says. Are you to build me a house to dwell in? From the time I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until today, I have not dwelt in a house. Instead, I've been moving around with a tent as my dwelling. In all my journeys with all of the Israelites, have I ever spoken a word to one of the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, asking, why haven't you built me a house of cedar? So now this is what you are to say to my servant, David. This is what the Lord of armies says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before you. I will make a great name for you, like that of the greatest on the earth. I will designate a place for my people Israel and plant them, so that they may live there and not be disturbed again. Evil doers will not continue to oppress them as they have done. Ever since the day I ordered judges to be over my people Israel, I will give you rest from all your enemies the Lord declares to you the Lord himself will make a house for you and mm-hmm. it is a but a couple of things here that stood out to me it was one first of all Nathan goes and tells David mm-hmm. this is what the Lord says. Has No idea what the Lord right. said, yeah, right. <laughs> and I thought, that's us, you know, yep. yeah, yeah. Th- th- we do that all the time. Here's what God thinks. we think we speak for Him. That's right. right. I, I pretty much know God, I know what He's thinking because it sounds right, it yeah. sounds what David is asking for. It's right. like, yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. this is what you should do. It is, it is a really amazingly human moment for Nathan, <laughs> who, who God does use in yeah, great ways right. and so forth. And I and, and really believes this, yeah, this feels right, mm. and uh, and we have done that, but it's always a reminder that though we are sensing that what we are doing, saying it feels right, got to be that you go back to the Lord and say, Lord, am I on the right track? You know, mm-hmm. and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and understanding that when the Lord does come to you and say. Hmm,
1: let me check you on mm-hmm. that
0: right. that you need to go back and oh, say man. okay wait wait scratch that <laughs> yes here's what god says
1: such a humbling experience when you think that you're in line with god's will for your life and then he's like no well you're off so <laughs> right. go ahead and make this adjustment that's right that's right go back and tell everybody mm-hmm. you were wrong <laughs> yep and uh, Those are and, not fun and correct times. <laughs>
0: that and then the second part is the message that that god actually gives to mm-hmm. nathan and mm-hmm. just to saying hey david let me remind you of something cuz mm. here's cuz here's how this kind of translates i'm the king now and i'm i'm kind of set here i've got lots of money all these conquests and so forth you know what i think i'm going to do something good for the lord cuz he's been really good to me i think i'm going to bless him and and it's amazing how often that thought gets into our heads. You know, God's been really good to me. I'm going to throw him $100. Right. You know, right. <laughs> I might throw him $1,000. I might throw him 10, no, not $10,000. No, you wouldn't give God $10,000. I, I might give him $100,000. it's like, oh, that would be crazy, wow. insane. And it's like, it's like people when they say, if I won the lottery, as if God in heaven is hoping you win the lottery right, so right. he can get more money. Right. Uh, and God's like, what are you all talking about? It's like, it's like the lottery. It's mm. like, you know, it's like, you know, David's like conquest. It's like, who do you think you are? Mm. I'm the, I knew you when you were yeah. an embryo. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You're every, everything
0: you are. Exactly. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you for yeah, correction. Sorry. Sorry. sorry, sorry. Uh, mm. I knew you before. And, uh, and so it's like, I, I, I made you, everything that you are. I made you that and and the and, and so now it's like you don't have anything look it's like hey bub you don't have anything i need you to do for me mm-hmm. i i'm going to make a house for you, yeah. That's how this works. You're not, you, you're, you serve me, but you're not blessing yeah, me yeah. with anything right. that I haven't given you to bless me with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it's just, again, for somebody who is just, hum, you know, is humbling, dancing before the Lord, and so forth. And, and here you have this moment where he kind of feels, um, just a little proud. Mm-hmm. And, and God's like, but he doesn't, but he doesn't curse him for that. Right. He actually pours out. One of the most yeah. amazing blessings of Scripture, yeah. uh, and, and this is the part that is amazing, is that He's saying, you know what? I, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to give you a house that will never end. Mm-hmm. That I'm going to. That this is the connector between David and Jesus. Right. This is this is God saying, I am going to have my son come from your line, yeah. and uh, and you are going to be the father of my son mm-hmm. uh, who is your father which is a weird enigma mm, yeah. but the <laughs> as only god could create yeah. It. right yeah um That's but, about uh, right. yeah so <laughs> it's uh but it's it's a it's a powerful moment where and then david all of a sudden it's reversed david's mm-hmm. like i don't uh, who am yeah. i mm-hmm. you know i am not worthy and and those are what encounters with God are like. Right. You don't leave an encounter if you have a real encounter with God, you don't leave in thinking I really am pretty good. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. That,
0: that is not how that works out. It always leaves with God
2: being glorified. Mm. Well, and the cool thing about what God is doing here, it's unconditional. Like he's he didn't say, "Well, David, if you mess it up, it's all done. He says, no, I'm going to pour it out on you forever and mm-hmm. ever. This yeah. kingdom is yours forever and ever. And that in itself – and David just had a moment of like, oh, I'm prideful. Woo-hoo. It's like – and obviously – he keeps messing up. Yeah, like, yeah, if he could
0: mess it up, he he, he, he mess it up. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, and it's like, and, and that's the beauty of this. Um, like I said a second ago, I had to write an essay on this, and I had never studied the Davidic covenant or whatever. But it was that moment of like, oh, this is unconditional. This doesn't rely on David at all. Like, God's just saying, hey, I'm going to do this. And that is incredible he's like hey doesn't matter if you mess up doesn't matter what the people do your kingdom will be forever and you don't have to worry about it because i'm god and like we just said i'm god and i do what i say so he's gonna do it and and that it's just an unconditional well it doesn't matter and i'm not trying to correct you uh, but um, <laughs> yeah. because
0: covenants are conditional yeah they are they are two two-part agreement but the 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 affirmation is is that uh, yes david it is con- conditional but i am going to meet the other right condition. right right. Right, and, right and so it's christ himself who fulfills the condition right. of the covenant to to bring back the house of david he he literally restores the kingdom restores the house of david through his own actions and so it's, yeah. it's god saying you're not going to be good enough to make this work, right. so I'm going to do my part of the covenant on one side, and I'm going to do your part of the covenant yeah, on right. the other side.
1: I feel like so. there are two brains of Christians, right? The one that asks, how much can I sin and still go to heaven, mm-hmm. right? You have that, You have that, like, uh, what's the, like, the line in the sand? How close can mm-hmm. I get to it right. and still be all right kind of mentality? And then there's the other mentality that's like – um how much can I, how much can I do? Like, how much can I contribute? And, and God's saying to both of them, like, you know, I got, I got this. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right, I, right. And, and, and I think for a lot of, a lot of people on the, on the, on the latter example, it's like, I have this desire to like contribute and contribute and mm-hmm. contribute and contribute. And so like, how much is enough? Like how much yeah. can I contribute yeah. to say like, I've done it. I've, I've checked that box or I've made God happy. And I think, i would if i have to pick a camp i'd rather be in that one because then at least i'm striving towards extra you know more and more yeah. godliness uh but because because then you get god coming around like he did to david and mm-hmm. saying look i'm gonna i'm gonna make this happen yeah. you just yeah. you keep doing what you're doing but i'm gonna do this well in this case he says right. stop doing what you're doing but yeah, uh, yeah. Well,
2: and it's just so cool like And throughout all the covenants in the Bible, throughout the law, throughout the prophets, it's God who writes the terms of the covenant or whatever it may be, and then he fulfills it and then he completes it. And it's Mm -hmm. like, that is just the character of God and and in a whole like it it's he's just incredible like
0: yeah, yeah. and and Jesus is the the foundation of all that mm-hmm. incredibleness yeah. because mm-hmm. Jesus goes to right. if you look at every covenant made man fails in mm-hmm. every covenant yep. and Jesus fulfills every covenant yep. and uh and so everything is fulfilled in him he literally comes into every single failed arrangement between God and man and then he succeeds mm-hmm. in in establish and reconnecting Adam with God reconnecting all the people Noah with God reconnecting Moses with God reconnecting David with God right. you know it's it's just uh and 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 now reconnect us mm-hmm.
1: you know with mm-hmm. God yeah and that yeah it actually kind of leads into did you go you this was your thing right Troy this was you not yeah this, this is me yeah. this is you cuz i didn't want to like usurp your turn yeah. in line <laughs> but it, it really feeds into what what my next thing was and how awesome. god god brings all things together like you just you just live faithfully and mm-hmm. god will bring it all into completion mm-hmm. right it's um i was looking at john 4 talking about the harvest and and this is just a reminder i need all the time for my life um because because i relate i relate to here Jesus is just met with the women at the well previously he had sent out his disciples they come back and they're like hey Jesus we got food and Jesus is like I'm good I already <laughs> got my food and they say oh well maybe he was hiding food from us all this time blah blah, blah. and which is totally our totally our view of God yeah. maybe he's holding out you know yeah. uh, and um, he says no no, no 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 you don't understand I'm doing the will of the father you see and he kind of fills it out you know he gives an example of the harvest and how you know some people plant some people water, some people tend the grounds, mm-hmm. and then some people harvest. He said, look at the harvest. If you would just, just look, and I can imagine him like looking out over Samaria and like, look, look at all this stuff to harvest. you see that? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the world right now. He's, uh, he said, in this case... This saying is true in verse 37, chapter 4. In this case, the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. And first of all, I love that Jesus doesn't throw out the baby with the bathwater mm-hmm. in the sayings and traditions of mm-hmm. um, his people, right? Because um, – and I think we are so quick to do that with the the like little mini uh, revolutions or reformations that we have we're, we're, or like younger generations coming up so quick so quick to throw out everything old yeah and Jesus throws out a ton of old in his ministry but he's 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 the first to say here look in this case it's true one sows another reaps he says I sent you to reap what you didn't labor for others have labored and you have benefited from their labor and that's so cool because that's that's true in a macro sense, and I think it's true also in a micro sense in personal giftings, right? Mm-hmm. Because so much effort. I mean, if you're if you have an open Bible in front of you and you're in John, there's only I'm on page 1,115 in my Bible. That means there are 1,114 pages mm-hmm. of of planting and and sowing and working right. in the field of God macro over the course of uh, humanity, prepare teeing it up for jesus's people to harvest right but it's also true in personal giftings you have people who are you know paul says some have been given the gift of evangelism does Mm -hmm. that mean you know if you don't have the gift that you don't evangelize no that's not what that means if you don't have the (laughs) gift of hospitality it doesn't mean you're not supposed to be hospitable to people either Uh, but but you know that's that's how it is some people man work the ground and tee it right up for that next person and what and he says um The the reaper is already receiving pay and gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper can rejoice together. Mm, Yeah. And man, what a picture of how God takes like the macro – Plan and boils it down micro every single yeah. moment of your life. So don't be disappointed if that conversation you have with somebody doesn't work out exactly the yeah. way you want it. And don't don't put too much stock in your own efforts if you're the one who brings it <laughs> home in that moment either. Yeah. The sower and the reaper rejoice together. Mm-hmm. And and even like I can't wait to rejoice someday with Moses. And right. I can't wait to rejoice someday with you know like I don't know Noah. Noah. <laughs> yeah. Jonah. <laughs> all these 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 men of God who just do did such good work. Work and Jesus. teed up yeah. God's yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. right. And and teed it up so that I could be safe, so right. that I could find right. eternal life. I was reading in uh, where was I? Second Peter uh, this morning, and how how um you know it says that Jesus doesn't come back because of his patience, and we we think about man. I wish Jesus would come back. I, you know, yeah. if Jesus comes back today, I don't know. I don't go a week without hearing that. Like yeah. if Jesus came back tomorrow, that would be so great. And I uh, totally would, but if he came. But I'm glad that he waited long enough for me. Yeah. yeah I'm oh my glad goodness. that he tarried for my sake. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm glad that that ball was teed up. I'm glad that that, that ground was planted and mm-hmm. worked. And um, yeah, I think we should long for it. And I think in, in some ways we should be excited for the return yeah. of Christ. But in other ways, it's like, don't let your excitement overshadow your job because right. it says, all until all the fullness of people are saved, he ain't coming back. Right. So. Yeah.
2: Well, and it's funny, you know, Paul says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And I know the young college (laughs) Christian culture is always like, to die is gain. Like, we're all ready to (laughs) die. But but That's (laughs) millennial culture, too. (laughs) Right. But that first part, I've, like, in the past year have just really gotten that, oh, yeah, I got to live and be who Christ has called me to be and share the gospel with people and, like, tell them the story of salvation. And that, and, like, and there's joy in that. So it's like, yeah, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So if I die, like oh, well, I leave the earth and I to just be in his presence. But um, I live and I could just share this story with people who don't know the story. Praise the Lord. Like, yeah. there's – oh, yeah. Anyway. I just thought that's funny. <laughs> yup, yup. Cool, cool. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's my turn. There's Sorry. Turn. <laughs> so Josh I'm still in John 5. John. Yeah, Josh and John. I'm still in John um, 5. And this kind of relates back to what we were just talking about with this – this covenant with david um jesus is clearly telling these people who he is and all that he is and all that he um is doing and is gonna do and 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 everything And yet, when he's clearly saying it to them, like, word for word, they still do not believe him. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a very hard thing, I'm sure, for the Pharisees to hear or the Jews to hear um, what he's saying to them. And so we're in uh, John 5, 39 through 40, and then I'm going to skip down to 46 through 47. But um, Jesus says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. And skip down to 46 and 47. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words. That is like a knife to the chest for the Jewish people and for the Pharisees and whoever else is listening. He's saying, hey, listen, if you really believe what Moses said, you would understand that I'm the one who he's talking about, or that David, that covenant there, is that's talking about me, the law talking about me, everything's about me, I am the one who the scriptures speak of, and that, telling them like, hey, you don't believe what they're saying, mm-hmm. that must have hurt. And obviously... I mean, I can understand why the Jewish people wanted to kill him. I mean, he said things that. That would hurt them, but they were completely blinded that that they were actually in the wrong. And Jesus, everything he was saying was correct. And so that's intense. And this scene is incredible to me because, I mean, he's trying to show them exactly who he is. And he's saying, hey, listen, I'm the one who fulfills the covenant. I'm the one who fulfills the law. I'm the one who saves. I'm the forever king, forever and ever and ever. I'm the one in Genesis I'm 3.15. I'm the seed of the woman who will crush the head of the serpent. I am all of this and more. I'm everything you need. I'm the savior and your forever king. And they don't even believe him. The word's coming straight from his mouth. And that is so hard, I'm sure, for the people there. They they are just so convinced that they've got it figured out. And Jesus says, no, you don't even believe in me. Uh, You don't even believe what the scripture says. Because if you did, you would know who I am.
0: Wow. Yes, I am. That's a... Yeah, no, yeah. He literally... Yeah, Jesus is...
2: I am. I mean, and he it does is, that all throughout the
0: Gospel of John. It yeah. is, the, is the book of I am, so that's yeah, for sure, because he, he is the bread I am the bread of life. I am the way, I am the truth. Yeah. Uh the um uh mine kind of falls in line. It's from John chapter six, and it's the same theme that Josh was talking about because it is Jesus still expressing to people who can't see him for who he is. Um it is uh in verse twenty six he says, Jesus answered, truly I tell you You are looking for me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. He's talking Mm -hmm. about the feeding of the 5,000. Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. Mm -hmm. What can we do to perform the works of God, they asked. Jesus replied, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he has sent. Mm. What sign then are you going to do so we may see and believe you? They asked. What are you going to perform? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, just as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said, Sir, give us this bread always. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one comes to me. Uh, No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. But as I told you, you've seen me, and yet you do not believe. Everyone the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of those he has given me, but should raise them up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Um now then they started complaining about him because he says I am the bread that comes down from heaven and they're like um in this Joseph's son um <laughs> who does he think he is <laughs> and in this passage it is um it is you know it's overwhelming because we uh we see Jesus is saying they're saying basically we want to know what it is that it is we want we want you to do a sign and Jesus says basically I Right now, I am before you. I am, well, I was, this is what I wrote down. Uh, the Father's work is that he gives us eyes to see Jesus for who he really is. We want to earn our way into heaven or manufacture our faith, but it is not our work. It is the gift of God. Once God has granted us the faith to believe, we are to practice the presence of God. Mm-hmm. We turn to him for shelter, strength, and sustenance. He relieves our hunger and thirst, and we are free to live life and live it abundantly. People look directly at the manna from God and ask it to do something so that mm. they might believe. We look for a sign, yeah. but Jesus <laughs> is the sign. And and you know the uh, this is just a, a thing that we want we, we want everybody who is looking for to do something. And 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 this conversation I've had over and over and over again. People who whose lives are broken. And they're like, I want to get saved again. Uh, you know, Or I want to get baptized again. Or I want to try this again. Or I'm going to go this denomination. Or I'm going to go to this church. Or I'm going to do this thing. And it's because they're searching for the thing that they need to do. And, or they're looking for a group who affirms the things that they are doing that will get them to God. And God is saying, you know, here's the thing. If you can't see me, you can't manufacture yeah. If If you don't know it then you don't have it but if you ask me for it i will give it to you mm. and and yet it's like I, I you and you look at people in the eyes and the face and you're saying just ask him for it and they can't do it it's like I, I, this I'm not gonna that's not the answer I want. You know, I want I want you to give me the pill to take or the, the steps to take or the
1: mm-hmm. because
0: they're like I want to save myself. I want to do this on my own and it and you can see that obstacle in, in their mind. It's their the rich young ruler, over and over and over again, they come to Jesus. They say, Look, look at everything I'm doing. And they're wanting affirmation. They're wanting Jesus to say, Oh my goodness, you're amazing. That's, mm-hmm. you've done exactly everything I wanted you to do. Well done. And, and they're, like, oh, pat on the head, slap on the back, and everything's great. But that's not what they get from Jesus. They get, and, and that's what the people are saying. Just tell us what to do. Just give us, just tell us what to do. Tell us, you know, where do we get the bread, you know, and, and give us the answer and we'll go do it. And he's like, You don't understand. The Father gives you eyes to see, and if you see who, and the only thing that God has given you is the ability to see that I am what you are looking for, and if you don't recognize that Jesus is what you are looking for, then you know we pray for you. You know, and that's and that's what you're praying. That's all weird as believers. All we can do is share, Jesus mm-hmm. is what you're looking for. Right. And and we pray that their eyes will be opened to see him for who he really is. Because if they can't see Jesus for who he really is, there's no amount of pleading, begging, yeah. whatever. And, and we have to be super careful about this as followers of Jesus Christ, because we are tempted to say, you should read your Bible more. Or you should Brave. go to church more. Or you should wear these kind of clothes. Or mm-hmm. maybe get a haircut. Or maybe don't do this. Or don't do that. And so forth. Trying to. And every time we do that, you're, it's like feeding an alcoholic yep. or a drug addict. We're giving them the thing that they're latching onto. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, okay, okay I'll do yeah. this. And it's like, I'll memorize all the books of the Bible. And, uh, and now that, that will be the thing. When the reality is, is, it's just, it's. If God will. You need God to open your eyes to see that His Son Jesus is your Savior. He mm-hmm. is the one who's done the work for you, and you put your faith in Him. And once you put your faith in Him, and He changes you, well, then He sustains you. Mm-hmm. You you live in that relationship, and He provides all that you need in order to do all that He wants you to do. Uh, he gives you the ability to do the good works that he has called you to do so that when you do those good works you realize i'm not the one who did those works i i, I can i i tried to do that before i met jesus and now that i know him he's doing those works through me which mm. gives him the greater glory yeah very cool that's good good place it's good place to jump get off questions.
2: Into... yeah we do there's a good, lot of questions this i have week. a question right off of that all right cool
1: oh, good deal. we'll hit we'll jump on that All right, we're back. We have a few questions, um, good questions. So this one is from uh, someone who emailed us, which you can do at insert any of our first names at fbcj.us. So yeah, Daniel Preferably at fbcj.us.
0: Troy at fbcj.us. Preferably Troy, yeah.
1: yeah. It goes directly to the source. Yeah. But um, so this that, one, yeah. she asks, uh, why is John 5:4 omitted from some translations? That's that's where it talks about the uh, the angel coming and stirring the waters with her right. finger. Uh, And doesn't it the Bible warn against adding or leaving words out? That is correct. Uh,
0: In Revelation, we are told that we cannot add to nor take away from what God's word says and believe that he's not just talking about Revelation, but the canon of the entire Mm -hmm. word itself, Mm -hmm. since Revelation was the final um, book added to uh, the Bible. Uh, So absolutely, we affirm that. Uh, Just a little word about the King James Bible. In 1611, when the King James Bible was written, uh, there were a handful of manuscripts. We had uh, the Latin Vulgate. Uh, You had uh, basically just some things. Uh, We didn't have a lot of things that were uh, ancient at that time. So they took the manuscripts we had uh, that were done uh, and interpreted the Bible based on those manuscripts. Since 1611, in our research and archaeological digs, and a good example would be the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls, Uh, and uh, since that we have discovered uh, over well over a thousand uh, different manuscripts of especially of the new testament uh, but if you can think of it like uh, you know we have uh, a lot of things as you discover when you uncover something and and inside uh, a, a jar uh, you have the scrolls and so forth and these Modern, even though we found them more recently in the 1800s and 1900s, uh, they are older manuscripts than in manuscripts we had been using for translation before. So when you're looking at older manuscripts, what we what they would find is there were certain things there. There would be a a copy editor, the people who, because they're trans, they're taking the Bible and they're writing it by hand. So you have someone who is uh, taking that manuscript and making a copy. You don't have a printing press, so you are making a copy. I'm making a copy for Josh, making a copy for Daniel, so they can take it to other churches. So I'm writing down everything. And there will be notes that I'll put in that, uh, hey, this is, this is a little thing we learned at church or something that I learned that I want to share with Daniel and them about this passage. Just like you have notes in your Bible, they would put notes in these things, and they would put an asterisk or some type of notation by it. Well, this particular phrase had notations by it in some mm-hmm. older manuscripts, mm-hmm. and then in later manuscripts, the notation is dropped. And in earlier manuscripts, it's not there at all. And so if you're thinking through uh, how the logical process would be, most likely if you have something that is added as a note and then the asterisk, the notation is dropped later, it's probably just as it was being copied. Somebody didn't see the note or didn't see the Mm -hmm. mark or failed to make the mark, and so it got left there. We're striving. We do not have the original autographs of the Gospels or any of of the books of the Bible, actually. We don't have uh, any we don't have what Isaiah actually wrote. We have a very old copy of mm-hmm. Isaiah. We just don't have the actual Isaiah. We don't have an old, we have an old copies of Mark. We don't have the actual gospel of Mark. It's probably a good thing because I think people would worship yeah. the autographs themselves.
2: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
0: But we don't have that, but we have some, uh, a lot of old ones that agree. And so when you have a lot of old ones that agree, you're looking for the most authentic, a uh, manuscript that we have. So when you find that uh, modern translations feel though to put to add something in that's not there uh, is to do a disservice to the translation. Yeah. Is to say to look at it and say we know that they did not have this in the early church. That they were when they were canonizing the Bible that this was not part of it. Uh, so it seems irresponsible to add it at that point. It, there is no nothing you're going to find, though. That's not to say there's something wrong with the King James Version. There's nothing you're going to find in the King James Version of the Bible that's going to change the message of what's being done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you add that little element to the story. It, it adds an element to it but it doesn't change the story it doesn't add more to it. some it's not there's nothing essential for salvation that we have there so forth we're very meticulous in our reading and very metic- and we believe it, and it's God's word so we should be very meticulous so when we see words that are different uh we freak out when we see passages the end of mark is a good example the end of the gospel of mark is almost definitely added later uh so you would have to say uh, and so you'll have brackets around it. Some versions will not have it at all. Some will have it in a footnote. Um, but it, there are things that have to be dealt with. Uh, but that's, again, I'm not trying to take away from the King James Version. I always get assaulted for saying something about <laughs> how that. Dare well, how dare you? How dare you say that. But, that. but if you understand, we're not trying to translate the King James Bible. No. We're trying, The King James Bible was translated into English from Greek and Hebrew manuscripts, we are also trying to find uh, the Septuagint was the one I was trying to think of all while ago, uh, which is a Greek version of the Bible. But the, uh, we are also trying to find uh, the most reliable manuscripts we can, people get together, agree on those things, you know, people smarter than me, and and then come up with translations as a result of that.
1: Cool. Cool, cool. All right, what else? Josh is the other section.
2: Well, I... um. I had a question off of what you were talking about in your last devotional point about the bread of life and Mm -hmm. what that looks like and believing in him. And so verse 40 and 47, basically, uh, I don't say they say just the same thing, but I'll just read 47. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. This is Jesus talking um, and specifically believes in him being Jesus. And so a little um, thing popped in my mind when I was reading to um, James 2.19 Mm -hmm. when it says, you do good to believe, even the demons believe and shudder. And so um, what's going on here? Why is there... I know that the Bible doesn't contradict itself, so there's an explanation. So, so what's yeah. going on here?
0: Well, when when you're reading each of those passages, when you say uh, when he says you do good to believe, you have to ask the question: believe what? Mm-hmm. And if you go back in that passage, believe what? It's believe that Jesus is, you know, real. Uh, Well, the demons believe Jesus is real. So, I mean, that he is a person and so forth. So that is not sufficient for salvation. When you look in the passage in John and you look at the word believes, uh, he believes, he's in what I was just talking about, that I am the bread of life, Mm -hmm. that I am. uh, And a good way to think of it, and it's kind of defined elsewhere, is that. Uh, it, the demons will not ascribe to Jesus lordship. Yeah. They will not. Uh, they will not worship as Lord. They will not say He is Lord. Uh, that's uh, you know kind of the test of the demonic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is uh, does it ascribe Jesus as Lord? Uh, because they do not. Uh, and uh, and that, but we do. And so that's that's what Jesus is saying. If you believe that, I, I'm just making this a, a simpler understanding. If you believe that I am Lord. Well, then, yes, that is a belief unto a salvation. But if you believe that I'm just real, uh, obviously yeah. the demons believe I'm real. So,
2: Cool. Cool. Well, let's continue in John. John 7 now. John seven twenty seven. Um It's some people talking, and they say, but we know where this man being Jesus comes from, and when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. And so I literally have no clue what's going on here, so – What's going? On? What yeah. are they talking about? Well,
0: there's there's a variety of um, things, beliefs. For instance, they will say that the Messiah doesn't come from Galilee, and 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 that's if you re, in the Gospel of John, the big thrust is this guy's from Galilee. There is no way that the Messiah is going to come out of Galilee, mm-hmm. and Galilee was really frowned upon in that region. They were believed uh, they were uh, uh, believed to be uh, there, uh, there's actually arguments. Some believe they were actually um, more wealthy uh, because of the fishing industry. But whatever the case, an in, in origin story. Uh, Galilee's kind of a tack on at the top. It's above Samaria. It's it's to, even though it's part of Judea, it's not uh, in in their Jewish people. They're those northern folk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it and they're just they are not. In Jerusalem, which is the religious heart, the religious center, and so forth, and so therefore, being up there, uh, you're not a part of where everything's going on. It's kind of like uh, if you're a New Yorker, uh, people who are not from New York obviously are just people who are not from New York, uh, right. and and so you think somebody who is going to be, uh, you know, fantastic, amazing, wonderful is going to be from this from will be from Jerusalem. That's where all mm-hmm. great people come from, right. and uh, and so there, so that's that's the bias that's there. But there are also, but there are also some things. That, so in the Old Testament, it says he's going to be from Bethlehem. Uh, that he's not, and and they are not making that connection with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, it's like did they not just read the Gospel of Luke? Yeah. Well, they didn't. You're right, they right. did not read the Gospel of Luke. Uh, so it's like they, they were, you know, Jesus went and going read Luke too. You'll see, right. uh, and <laughs> it's all there. Uh, they didn't have that. Uh, so we we have those gospels written after the fact, giving us affirmation of, oh, this is how he. Of the line of David. Oh, this is how he fulfills all these. But they didn't have that information, and Jesus isn't giving them that information uh, because that's not his purpose at this point. He's not trying to prove he's the Messiah. He's trying to get killed, uh, and uh, and so that's what he does. Uh, he serves his purposes for them to hate him at this particular point and not believe. But the I won't get into that. But the uh, but the other part of that is is that there are also some contemporary things that people believe about the messiah that we don't know Um, we just have to when we're reading the bible and you say oh well this and you know there's there's all kinds of little sayings you'll read that sometimes you can connect it to extra biblical literature sometimes you'll say oh this is in first enoch and like so we don't have that in our bible but it's out there you can read it uh the pseudepigrapha and, and things like that are out there so you can see why they think certain things that they think and then there's just some things that are just contemporary beliefs that uh, this is this is what we all think we've all met we've all talked obviously we've figured it out mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of it always makes me think of our talks about revelation because <laughs> it's because it's a, the closest thing we have that's akin to that. Mm-hmm just think about how many points of view we have about what revelation means and everybody figuring out well how we know what it actually means when it actually happens right uh and so but we won't know till then and so they're taking they have their own theories and postulating their own ideas about the messiah Mm -hmm. and so forth and so it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like today somebody saying, "Oh, that can't be the Antichrist because right. it clearly says in the Bible that that yeah. can't be the Antichrist." It's like, right. nah, nah. Uh, the, uh, would so in that way they're saying, "Oh, you can't be the Messiah because clearly uh, we've yeah. all figured it because we've all figured it out." Well, it's apparently they didn't because
1: uh, the Jews have been really good at picking out who the Messiah is going to be uh, right up right until, until this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if you point. couldn't
0: tell from John yeah. five, and we're and we're really good about picking out the end of time too. Yeah, right. <laughs> right.
2: Two thousand twelve.
0: Two thousand. What are you talking about? Nineteen eighty eight. I was there. Uh, I was not born. Before you were born. But there was a book that came out, Eighty Eight Reasons Why the World Will End in Nineteen Eighty Eight. Oh, it was it was incredibly popular. Wow. Unbelievably, there was a book called 89 Reasons Why It's Gonna... Be, it's the same guy. Wrote 89 Reasons. And I didn't read it, <laughs> but I was just wondering if his 89th reason was it wasn't 1988. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. But I don't, I don't know if that's, that's true. That's really but, funny. But it was... Uh, the second one didn't sell as
2: well. I'm sure. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. But, uh, but, you know, there's... Uh, and 2000 was a big one because everybody's like, oh, this is gonna
2: be... 2020 up, was one, up, too. Obviously. It's like, look, the world has The world basically to did end, end yeah. in
1: 2020.
2: And it's like... People thought yeah. like 2021, like, yeah. wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, it's
0: obviously. Worked. And now everybody's getting there. Today's what was today. the, what was the, um, the Mayan calendar one? That you was know, 2012. That's 2012. Was that 2012? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the one. Yeah, that
2: was. <laughs> take that Mayans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and they're still trying. They're going back. Okay, we calculated something yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we won't get into that. Was there <laughs> another? <laughs> one? Did no, that was it. That was all of no it. More all questions. the questions. Man, I have answered all my questions. <laughs>
1: Now, congratulations for, for now. ascending <laughs> yeah. to the Understanding <laughs> Jesus podcast. I hope you share this and enlighten your friends. Yeah. Enlighten your
0: friends. That we should change it from Understanding Jesus to Enlighten Your Friends. Yes. Enlighten
1: Your
0: Friends. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, scratch it. that. That uh, would go really well
2: for us All right.
0: The that's church. right.
1: Well, we'll, well, you know, even though we've learned everything now, we'll probably be back we'll next probably, week. We'll <laughs> probably come back. I'll probably have yeah. a question to do myself next week. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thanks again for listening to the Understanding Jesus podcast. If you would like more information on Understanding Jesus or First Baptist Church of Jackson, or would just like to submit a question or comment, then you can call the church office at 573-243-8415, or you can email us at office at fbcj.us. Thanks so much. We'll see you soon.